Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, you've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Liz. And Matt. And it's also closing time because a bunch of guys are getting shut down for the season. Which jokers will you have to start in your playoff semis instead of these guys? We will let you know, and we'll also give you one of our thoughts for every game in Week 15. Proceed to listening. Hello, and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. Liz Loza, Matt Harmon, Brett Rader. We are here. We are a little bit healthier than we were on Sunday or when you listened on Monday, and we're cruising into week 15. If you're listening to us, then congratulations. That means you likely are playing in your fantasy football semifinals. Or you just really like us. And in that case, I'm sorry that you have such poor tastes. I mean, congrats again. And thank you. We appreciate your ear holes. Uh, speaking of ear holes, <laughs> Brett has put a particular song on the outline. It's closing time. I had to look up who it was by. I thought Coldplay, Matt thought R.E.M. So... So much Close for uh, indie rock knowledge. It's actually by Semisonic, and believe it or not, Olds, it was recorded in 1998. We're talking closing time because a lot of guys are getting shut down. What were you doing in 1998, Liz? Probably nothing I was supposed to be doing. Mm. Graduating fifth grade. Uh, yeah, I was in... Four. Weren't you four? Uh, yeah. No, I was not four. I was six. Weren't like you born seven. in 94? 91. I was born in 1991. Oh. I am 28 years old. So if you, what, in 98, you were how old? Seven years old? Yep. So, so I was like in the third grade. So I was, I think, probably eighth grade or freshman year of high school. Great segment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's Brett's note to us to uh, move it. Keep it going. Keep it going. We don't want to regress into any uh, Christmas cookie discussion. So let's just talk about there are, are a few Week 15 games that have pretty impactful injuries on both sides of uh, the matchup. But let's start with Philadelphia at Washington. Alshon Jeffrey, he's done for the season. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is questionable for this game. I mean, I don't know if we care oh. if he's questionable or not, but I mean, it's ugly in this Eagles wide receiver court. Did you how much of Monday night's game I mean, I know you're on Eli Manning watch. How much of Monday night's game did you uh consume? I only consumed when one team had possession of the ball. I watched the whole game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was awful though, wasn't it? I mean, I needed Eagles help in that game. Like, I needed Carson Wentz to mm. do some things. Luckily, <laughs> he needed an extra possession to do it, but he did eventually do the thing. Great strategy, by the way, not covering Zach Ertz. Weird. Weird. <laughs> that, 
that seemed a little bit suspect. But we should talk, obviously, about I, there's also uh, Jordan Howard has been getting limited practice for a couple of weeks now, but he hasn't officially. Remember, he's dealing with that shoulder injury. He hasn't officially been cleared for contact, though he is getting closer and closer. Miles Sanders, obviously, a lot of people playing in week 15 fantasy managers playing in week 15 are probably relying on Miles Sanders. I have mm. um, brought him down in my rankings significantly, not just because I'm anticipating Howard seeing a few snaps, but also because that little jitterbug Boston Scott, speaking of last Monday's game, had himself an outing. I know. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, we talked. Finally. It, it was something to see for like, there are some, there are Boston Scott truthers out there. I mean, if, if the Jonathan Williams truthers are having a moment, then I finally got my Boston Scott moment. And it didn't take like a hundred years no, as I believe it took two. for Jonathan Williams. Uh, Boston Scott. Yeah. I mean, he's like the easy comparison to Darren Sproles cause he's tiny and he catches the ball and he returns kicks and all that type of stuff. And was initially drafted by New Orleans. Yes. Easy connection to make. I mean, look at that. He's following just, we just missed the Chargers years and he's basically following <laughs> Darren Sproles career path. But also like it was just apparent watching that game that we, we talk a lot about late in the season, these fresh running backs that don't have a lot of touches. He's definitely one of them, but he gave them like an immediate spark. So I think it's worth asking whether we see more of him. And, you know, I mean, Miles Sanders has been getting workhorse role in ter- like workhorse, workhorse duties in terms of like snaps and everything like that and percentage of team carries leading into this game. And the reason that he left this game was it's important to note he did indeed leave this game because some people may look at his, yeah people might look at the box score and say like right. wait so but it wasn't producing a lot of like juice except that matchup against the Dolphins which everyone knew that was coming but come on so I think it's worth wondering if the Eagles as they've been want to do split this backfield up three ways maybe between these guys because they need to rely on them because there's just nothing going on in the pass catcher core. Well, that is for sure. And part of the reason we liked Miles Sanders was because he was getting volume as a pass catcher. But we know that Jordan Howard to do a little bit of it. I mean, he did a little bit more of it in Philadelphia than Matt Nagy allowed him to do in Chicago. And Boston Scott can obviously catch as well. So I think that that's a good call. Matt, where, how would you use, I'm not going to ask you where you're ranking Miles Sanders, but how would you use him as a, say, low-end RB2? If Howard plays... Well, then he's then, flex. No, I think I think he's still RB two just because of the lack of options. But I would say I'd have him above a guy like Devin Singletary. I'd have him above a guy like David Montgomery. Yeah, I, I think there's I think there's plenty of appeal to him. But I would say like mid RB two. So. I would put him in the later RB2 range. I have him for what it's worth ranked RB22 and Montgomery is RB19. So we're right in that same general area. I think if Howard plays, though, I'm downgrading him to Devonta Freeman area, I'd have to say, around there. Brutal. Yeah, not great. As for the pass catchers, though, and Carson Wentz, I've also gotten a lot of questions about Carson Wentz. I still think that at the end of the day, you've got Zach Ertz, and we've seen him perform with Zach Ertz. We've seen Dallas Goddard get in there and do work as well. I think Carson Wentz is still like on that QB1 fringe, 11 to 13 range. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you, as a person who just survived Carson Wentz, I decided... We're, we're facing Washington here. Yeah, I know, but I so mean, there's not going to be a lot of back and forth. Right. The that's the thing. And if they have all these running backs healthy, maybe they just keep putting the ball in their hands over and over and over again. Right now, I think Wentz is consensus QB 13 on fantasy pros. Like even that 
that's that's fine to me. I I had Jimmy Garoppolo on the team that I had him, and Ryan Tannehill was on the waiver wire, so I washed my hands of the Wentz experience and feel pretty good about that. He just, just I just don't think he has a great ceiling at all right now. And again, it even took him against a bad Giants defense. Yeah, it took him forever to get to a floor performance because of what's going on around him and because of his own individual struggles. I mean, I still think you can't. You you can you can't watch that game and say Carson Wentz sucks, but you can't watch that game and not be like, okay, he's a little bit off, in my opinion. Sure, which is why I also think they want to pad another win, not just because the NFC East is complete trash, but like if he, if this team is going to make the postseason, they've got to reinstall some of Wentz's confidence. I agree. So um, we'll see. Washington side of the ball, Darius Geis, we talked about this on the Sunday wrap-up show um, quite a bit. He has an MCL injury now. His season is done. Adrian Peterson would obviously be in line for the bulk of the touches. However, the matchup against Philadelphia is far from prime. This one is at home for D.C., though. I'm not touching Adrian Peterson in Week 15. I think I think I might have to. You have to. Uh, there's a spot where I think I might. And are you I think it's in the podcast. Him? I think yeah, it's in the podcast listener league where we have a super flex and then two additional flex spots. So like, I've done this to myself. So you have two flex spots. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to be one of those two flex. Okay. Basically. Well, that's a different that's format a different, than like uh, yeah, yeah, people to- starting totally. two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex. No, and I mean even with Adrian Peterson, like he had 20 carries last week after Geis goes down. You know, Wendell Smallwood gets in for two. Chris Thompson still He's has back. eight targets. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily – you obviously are not guaranteeing yourself workhorse duties here with Peterson. So the tough matchup there also makes it a little nerve-wracking. Let's talk about Detroit at Tampa Bay. Why we're we talking – you know this is a fantasy show when we're talking about the Lions and the Bucks. The, I, say this, <laughs> I say this every year, Liz, the, the, the most annoying part about – covering fantasy football even though it is the dream job and it is the dream job like it gets to a point of the season around week 12 where you have to continue to invest time and energy in these teams that you wish could they could like they could just be cast off to see every damn year i feel like the bucks the giants and the lions are these teams every year the giants are minorly interesting because they're like just in organizational chaos and no, I don't find have the handsomest quarterback in the league. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, look, come on, even you, wait, just even for the, for the record, though, I did say both on cover three, and I think one of our halftime shows or one of the many shows I was had a lot of cold medicine yeah. in my system on Sunday that people were sleeping on Darius Slayton because Manning was more willing to push the ball deep than Daniel Jones, and that mofo caught two spikes. Yep, and then it all evaporated. But you're, you were it right. It evaporated. It was an overtime in the game. Half. No, in the second half, it was over. Come on, they they went three and out like six straight possessions. Even you, Liz, had to be sick. She still got it. About of well, he's not just. I think he's done. But like, cool. You want to come and be a backup somewhere next year and ruin your life? That's um, fine. We prefer the term veteran presence, Matt. <laughs> cool. I, I felt a little he bit. He was taking notes from Josh McCown at the handshake I, I felt, portion. Great. You want to go from being like a two-time Super Bowl winner to uh, a guy that— A sideline coach? That's a nice job, Matt. I How think, dare you? I think he could just ride off into the sunset with all his money and be just fine. I, and also, like— Move to I, the valley. I did feel just a little bit bad for Eli when, like, he looked super sad at the end of that game. Like, to like to have his record go under 500. But I got to say, come on, Liz. Even you had to admit that the over, like, 
fawning at everything he did by the Monday Night Crew was sickening. Like, that was just utterly exhausting. I mean, it's only exhausting for someone who can't appreciate a fine aged Cabernet. Oh, no, no, no. That I mean, let, it was full body. Whoa, 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 whoa. The tannins were perfectly let's, aged. Let's run that back for a second because I can appreciate a oh, good, a good aged wine. No, Get out no, of here. Give me a break. All right. Anyways. You've never been to Napa. I've been to Santa Barbara. Does that count? It's no. not the same as Napa. No. <laughs> Hundreds of miles away from each other. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. <laughs> Close enough. Wine. <laughs> anyways, point being. I could appreciate it once or twice, but every time he did literally anything, a little much for me. Okay. Well, so back to the the lines and add it, get get it get fine. Another thing to add to your radar, your famous radar. So lines at it's Tampa full. Bay. Let's talk about Detroit. Marvin Jones is on IR. Uh, Kenny Galladay obviously in a smash spot. He right off the bat, let me just say, is a phenomenal. He has phenomenal value, even if he is twenty eight dollars in DFS. Like that is someone that I want to use under the $30 price point in daily if I am playing. I also think this sets up quite interestingly, and get ready to throw up again, Matt, as if you drank quite a bit of two-buck chuck, because I think Danny Amendola is a nice sleeper this week. Sure. No Hawkinson, your boy TJ, also joining, uh, or actually Marvin Jones will be joining him on injured reserve. We know that the Bucks give up a ton of yards uh, through the airs, and we also know um, that Amandola's, I think, had like eight targets for three straight games. Something insane. Blah is a green quarterback who needs some of that, a short yardage player, a security blanket that he can use. That means Danny Amendola should have himself an outing. He is not the ceiling play, but in a PPR-friendly format, flex MOVO. I can't disagree. I, it would sh- it, we're at that point of the season where I can't disagree. I'll, of course, be on Logan Thomas' watch. Uh, four, targets la- four targets last week, 21 yards, 56% of the snaps. That was a nice jump. We know, of course, as you said, Hawk is on IR. So, yeah, I mean, those two guys are both, I would say, deep sleepers. Uh, I don't know that I'm, like, rushing out to get Amendola in my lineup. However, Sorry, he eight is— eight targets in back-to-back games, not three straight. So I'm not like rushing out to get Amendola in my in every lineup, but like from a daily fantasy perspective, he's going to be cheaper, and that's like I mean it's it's an obvious value spot there. Um, from the Buck side of things, no Mike Evans. I said today on Instagram, I like that feeling when you passed on Mike Evans in the second, but grabbed Chris Godwin in the fourth everywhere else. I'm liking it. The only caveat, of course, is that Jameis Winston's only holding a tennis ball and not a football at this point. So if he doesn't play, we're relying on Ryan Griffin, who I don't think has a start in his career yet. No, no, that would be a nightmare situation. I mean, we got Blow versus Griffin. Give me a break. That's not what anyone's asking for. And I I don't know. The absence of Mike Evans, you know, we say this a lot. Like, I think Chris Godwin can be a number one type receiver like I think he's better than a player like Juju Smith-Schuster or Adam Thielen these guys but like Tyler Boyd Tyler Boyd oh certainly Tyler Boyd but like I think he's better than all those players but we've seen that like what a how it can be very different when the number one goes out and then the big slot like has to take over as the focal point funnel of the option the offense yeah but if Ryan Griffin's that guy and he hasn't started a damn game in his career do I mind Am I anticipating more of a dink and dunk offense? Well, let's put it this way. There's a 0% chance that you're benching Chris Godwin no matter what. Because I think either way, I think he has like legitimate 
15 to 17 target upside in this game. Uh, I think just the only question is, like, again, from a daily fantasy perspective, he's the most expensive wide receiver on the board at $33. That is an excellent point. You're totally right. That's something that I think you have to ask yourself. Does O.J. Howard have appeal in this one? I mean, are we going to do it to ourselves? (sighs) And he's coming off of a pretty good effort. What's a pretty good effort for O.J. Howard? He's had a bunch of targets. <laughs> he's he's, ex, he's confirmed no, existing. No, no, no. It, uh, it was, I believe Cameron Bright found the end zone, but Howard had a solid, he had, okay. So he had six targets in week 13, five targets in week 14. One of them was in the red zone. He caught four for 73. So he's cleared 60 yards in his past two games in a row. Look, it's impossible. to And he's run 23 routes yep. in both games and had over, let's say, 75 percent. 83 and 87 percent of the snaps yes. last two weeks. So that's look, that's not nothing. Now, if we have Mike Evans missing and we need a contested yeah. catch artist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's. It's hard to turn your nose up at anyone at the tight end position because it's just so, you know, disgusting, as as we obviously are aware of. I think I had a buddy uh, messaging me about this before we jumped on. Like, he is nervous about Mark Andrews, the Thursday night game. Understandably. Uh, wants to play O.J. Howard and said, sorry, Brett, I'm mentioning that there is a Thursday night game tonight. It's the last one, though. Uh, thank thank uh, gosh. Oh, no, thank God there's no more Thursday night football. Yeah, um, well, most people will have learned if Mark Andrews had played. Yeah. Oh, sure. He, he but scored he's... nine touchdowns. Oh, it was the best <laughs> Unbelievable. Best game by the end of all time. Um, either that or he plays zero snaps. So he's like weighing, do I play O.J. Howard versus risking Mark Andrews? I'm a little inclined. Look, I could look like a donkey for saying this after the fact, but I'm a little bit more inclined to risk Andrews than go Are with you? Howard. I think you're a little t- you're very touchdown dependent with Andrews. I think you're pretty touchdown dependent for Howard too. I mean, uh, here's uh, here's my thought on it. Well, I know Brett doesn't want us to get deep into Andrew into Thursday. It's fine, whatever. I mean, well, I will just say that this is at this point in the season, you need to weigh real life philosophy, real life football philosophy into your fantasy philosophy or real life ramifications I should say into your fantasy philosophy. And and my thoughts on Andrews, I'm I'm frankly surprised that they, that they would put one of their two, maybe Hollywood Brown could be considered the other most dynamic offensive stars in a position where they could re-injure themselves, especially when the Ravens are looking at like a, po- a possible Super Bowl run. So that seems concerning to me. And I, I can't believe that they won't have him on some sort of um, timeshare with Hayden Hurst or maybe even Nick Boyle in there. So like, what are you looking at? Four catches, 46 yards, and maybe you get the touchdown. But I think O.J. Howard missing Mike Evans, who always commands a double-digit target share, you're looking at more volume. And so I would lean Howard's way. I think for that, for for the record, though, I have Andrews ranked a little bit higher. So I think that's a fair point, though. Like, you are just risking the touchdown. There are streamers such as Ian Thomas, Tyler Higby, I don't think, is, is Greg a streamer. Is Greg Olson going to play that? If Greg Olson plays, then no. But if, if Greg Olson sits, then I think Ian Thomas has a better outlook than O.J. Howard. Tyler Higby, who's pretty much rostered everywhere at this point, I think has a, uh, obviously a better outlook than O.J. Howard. I like Johnny Smith a lot this week. At Whoa, you hate Johnny Smith. I don't hate him. That's that's like one of your... Um, Listen, I'm open-minded. I can come around on something if somebody proves their goodness to me. If somebody proves their worth, then I'm willing to stay open-minded. I don't just make a decision and run. Uh, but I will say he scored last week against Oakland. We know that they give up a ton of yards uh, to the middle of the field, so that worked out well. And this week, 
Uh, Adam Humphreys is probably out again. He was out last week. So I think that you've got another opportunity in a matchup against the Texans that are definitely struggling in, against the middle of the field. And I think have given up something like three touchdowns over their past four games. Well, it's a it is a great matchup. Uh, they just gave up the Texans, gave up a hundred yard and a touchdown effort to Noah Fant last week, and your boy Jeff Hureman. Managed to find his way, <laughs> to find his way into the end zone uh, last week as well. How do you feel about Fant if he plays? Good matchup. I don't think it's a good matchup for your boy Drew Locke, uh, but I do think it is a good matchup for Noah Fant as the Chiefs allow a league high eighty five catches at the tight end position. Well, I think you just answered your own question, then, Matt. I mean, He's but coming off of a hundred yard effort, and I also think. Drew Locke has won two in a row, right? We can't, uh, people want to say that it wasn't his play that caused the victories, but fine, fine. We'll eat dubs any way we can. I do think, though. No, that's not a thing. The Chiefs defense, the Chiefs defense, particularly their pass rush, and we've said this all season, have been underestimated. Chris Jones is real good. So is Frank Clark. They're getting pressure. I had an interview with Jen Welter on Cover 3 earlier this week, and she said that the Chiefs defense in watching the tape against the Patriots looked like they were putting a noose around Tom Brady, Mm. preventing him from even breathing. Uh, she was that hyperbolic with it. And I thought that was an awesome um, estimation of what they did. So I think then if you're going to extrapolate that out into the Broncos and you have a much, obviously, younger quarterback also dealing with a flimsy offensive line, you're going to have a lot of, and we know Drew Locke likes to just put it up and pray. That's a lot of opportunity for, yes, still Cortland Sutton, but also Noah Fant because what is the thing about him? His speed, his athleticism, and hopefully he can use his hands technique and actually uh, come down with the ball. Yeah, obviously he got hurt last week, but it's worth noting that he only had four targets, three targets the week prior. And I think the two outcomes are perfect uh, in terms of the volatility the of Noah Fant. nature. 113 and a touch versus the Texans, one for five against the Chargers the week before. But if there is a weakness in the Chiefs' pass defense, it is probably through the tight end position. But I think it's a tough, it's a really tough matchup for... I like uh, Philip Lindsay. Um, I, I think he's consist- consistently over- underrated. I think so too. But the only, I, again, I say this every week, we get the, the good news for Lindsay is that unlike guys I've said this for before, Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, he has a role in the passing yeah. game. So there's less of a, a threat that he could get scripted out. But it, it I do worry about Locke against this defense just to put some numbers behind the noose that they put on Tom Brady last week. Since week 10, Kansas City allows the fourth lowest passer rating, a 5-7 to seven touchdown to interception ratio, and is six in the NFL with a 36% pressure rate. They're obviously becoming one of the best pass defenses in the second half. Absolutely, of the which also could mean a lot of underneath passes yep. for Philip Lindsay like we saw with James White. Yep. Let's talk about, um, this was a, something that Matt has been mulling, and I thought it was interesting as well. Best player that you're considering benching in Week 15 and the worst player that you're considering starting, Matt, since it was your idea, you go first. Which player are you, which best player, which stud are you thinking about sitting? Well, I don't know that he's a stud based on what he's done this year, but I really don't want to play Odell Beckham this week. Oh, I, sure. I, I know that they're playing the damn Cardinals, yep. and the damn Cardinals suck, but I am very worried about the fact that, look, every bit of vibes around Odell Beckham right now are bad. We've got medical mishaps. We've got trade rumors. We've got connection with the, you know, the team overall. It's just all bad. Um, by the way, he's obviously, I think he's gone under 65 yards in five of his last seven games. Not good. Scored twice all year. Uh, puke. And then also, by the way, what worries me even more is that, yes, they're a good matchup for wide receivers, 
but it's mostly slot receivers. Like we talked about, it's not just the tight end. The whole middle of the field is Garbo in terms of coverage. 159 yards per game allowed to slot receivers this year. Jarvis Landry, I think, is averaging 10 targets since week eight. I feel like they're just going to go to Jarvis a a ton of times, and like Beckham's going to be five for 60 again or something like that. I think both things can be true that he can that Odell Beckham can have a great game and also that Jarvis Landry will produce here's the thought I like Jarvis Landry a lot he's my flex play in my DFS lineup he's only $23 in Yahoo DFS you make a million great points about the middle of the field also David Njoku's not 100% healthy so as much as I would like to make him the stream supreme this week and I posted him as my peach pick on Tuesday news came out on Wednesday that he was not 100% healthy so please watch the injury reports on that we may have to pull back a little bit I believe he did practice in full today or at least did practice are we not i mean today but but here i mean either way he ran nine routes last week that doesn't bother me that's rushed shaking i, I don't care about that sure yeah he was upgraded to full participation this okay. week so um, i think he's i think he's, he's not going to catch more but four balls and you're just going to hope that one's in the end zone yeah I mean, this is a, the same this is the same mark andrews argument except for the fact that the cardinals are giving up on average a touchdown a week to the tight end position. So, your odds of finding the end zone with Arizona are much greater than they are yes. with the Jets, but we won't talk about the Jets anymore cuz Brett doesn't want to explode. I also <laughs> feel like however, Odell Beckham Jr. is a little narrative streety, but we we talked about the ego of this team on Sunday and how Baker might how they don't want to be disciplined. They don't want to focus. They want to take yeah. the hero swings all the time. If you're Odell Beckham Jr. and there are rumors that Jay Glazer has reported that, you know, he's going out to teams saying he wants to move. And then simultaneously, there's this a story published about a really painful sports hernia that he's working through, which makes the whole thing convenient. Like, oh, it's not that he's been a problem or has a big personality. It's then he hasn't been hurt. But you could get a healthy Odell and remember all those great Odell memories next year after everyone. I also feel like he is so business minded that he may want to have himself a showcase because you're right. Like they are an evaluate like the 2019 team has been done and over for a minute. Mm -hmm. So why not leave on a really positive note, especially if you believe the rumors about him wanting, if you don't think he's going to be in Cleveland next year, he is going to try to show out in every soft matchup he can. Do you think he's in Cleveland next year? I don't. I think he is. Uh, it would be surprising if the, I mean, what are the Browns going to get back in return? You well, know, that's the, they that's the bought problem. that contract from New York, and they would only lose two point seven five million in dead cap space if they cut him. Oh no! Well, there's I think there's zero percent chance they cut him. That's would <laughs> that would I would I would <laughs> my pants if they cut Odell. Baker Beckham. wants him to cut him. Cut I him. don't think, but he. But see, that's the thing. I think think he and I don't think he and Odell are the problem because. I mean, when Baker, I think that Odell can make Baker the problem if he wants him to be potentially, but I think for Baker's, I don't think that Baker would want him to cut him because, like, when he goes and throws the training staff under the bus, I think that's exactly the reason he's trying to do it is to show, like, hey, Odell, like, we're, you know, I got your back type of thing. So, I mean, there's a lot to sort out there. I would still be surprised if he gets moved, but I, I would have been surprised if the damn Giants said, traded him and they did. So, what do I know? It's just one of those things that I don't really want to, um, so really are you going to play him? Who's your, who are you choosing between? I'll probably. So the other guy that I don't really want to play is John Brown. Yeah, Pittsburgh. That's right. That's scary. But I probably have. I mean, those are two guys on on the on teams that I have, both in the fantasy postseason. God, how the hell did I make it so far with Beckham? I don't know. But uh, John Brown is on both of those teams, and so is Odo Beckham. And I don't really want to play either one of them. But this is why I'm asking because I feel like I'm kind of forced to because like the rest of the goofballs that I have to play are are not good. 
So just to add a little utility to this conversation for you, I'm looking at the Yahoo consensus rankings and Odell is currently the wide receiver 20 on the week. Uh, Brad Evans has him the lowest rank at 28 and then Dalton Deldon has him ranked uh, wide receiver 10. So there's quite a discrepancy between, but he is ranked higher than John Brown, who is at uh, wide receiver 27. The range not so well, I guess actually Brad has him at 39 and Andy and Scott Pianowski both have him at 24. He's at my 25. So I have uh, OBJ just a hair ahead of John Brown. So obviously, if you've got multiple flex spots like I do in this le- in these leagues, you're probably going to end up playing these guys. But it's just tough because they have similar ceilings. Like they're both right. ceiling plays. They're not like necessarily floor plays, despite the fact that John Brown had over the bulk of the season been given wide receiver one opportunity. Yeah, and... Pittsburgh, like theoretically, if one of those two Bills receivers is going to go off, it's going to be Cole Beasley because they're weaker covering the slot. Because well, my and Joe Hayden's having himself a season. He's coming off yeah. an awesome year. Yeah, he has. Although the slot, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick has been so good that eh, you're right. But schematically, they yeah. they allow. I think it's just the way they play so much zone coverage. There just has a lot of openings in the middle of the field. I will say that I am struggling with Joe Mixon because the matchup against New England is obviously tough. Um, it's been I am so good lately. He's he's been quite. I mean, and and again, there isn't really much of a weakness to the Pats' defense, but they are better versus the pass than they are against the run. No question. And if you look at tackles evaded week by week by Mixon, I mean, five against Cleveland, seven against the Jets, eight against Pittsburgh, eight against Oakland. 15 against Baltimore, like he is getting it done and he has scored in back-to-back games. He also obviously has usage in the passing game. And if we're looking at the Pats, I just think the Pats are going to be so angry coming off that Chiefs loss. And Andy Dalton does make the squad better, but there's no Auden Tate. And I almost think like Auden Tate not being there to stretch the field hurts Mixing a little bit. Is John Ross back? Is that a thing that's going to happen? I mean, uh, he's practicing what I saw last. I don't know if (sighs) he's Big time game changer right there. So I think I would still start him, but I'm starting him as, again, like I'm probably starting him because I have to as an RB2. Yeah. Well, running back, it gets even harder to like, do I want to bench these guys that are locked into big workloads than it does wide receiver, I think. But again, let's just contextualize this for the listeners because I think it's easy to say one player and not, not necessarily talk about the players who are being ranked around him. So Mixon, I have it RB17. That is basically between Mark Ingram and Austin Eckler. Hmm. Higher than Devin Singletary, who does not see the goal line because that's all Josh Allen or Frank Gore. Yeah, no, Singletary's, um, spoiler alert for FFL, going to be my off-for-your-game player or whatever we have to do. Um, But lower than Philip Lindsay. So basically between Devin Singletary and Philip Lindsay. I think I like him. I think I like him better than... All of these players that we've mentioned so far. Do you like him better than he is? I have Austin Eckler at 16. I like Eckler's the one guy that gave me pause, but I think I yeah. like him better than Mark Ingram because the Jets have a really good run defense. He's probably scored two touchdowns by the time you're listening to this. So, what am I saying? All right. So, um, let us talk about the worst player that you're <laughs> oh, considering. Now, starting. let me un- un- unveil the scroll. Unfurl it. Okay. Really thinking about trying to play. Uh, Kenny Stills, Naheem Hines, uh, it's either those guys or Adrian Peterson. What's up? 
Corey Davis is on this bench, but that's, so Naheem that's Hines just happen. doesn't get he doesn't get used. He plays really well, and like Frank Reich just doesn't want to do it. I don't nope. know if he's worried about durability or so you can't you can't start him. Kenny Stills is not worth a start if Will Fuller's on the field. Yep, but what if Will Fuller's not on the field and then he can then the catch like is, two passes like he did last week or whatever? Then the question is <laughs> Kenny Stills or Adrian Peterson. I think you have to lean. Oh, you're right. I think you have to lean towards Adrian Peterson because, like, who do you think is going to score a touchdown? Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I think you're going to fall into the end zone. Or spin twice into the end zone. He's done that. Not a full-on fall. Uh, Also, some more goofball options. Tyrell Williams, who's done nothing for 100 years. Bo Scarborough against the Bucks' run defense, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, the new Eagles wide receiver one, against Washington. <laughs> this, like, I'm going to lose all my matchups this week, you know? Because this is like this is what we're thinking about. I, I decided, by the way, on Tyrell Williams as, like, the worst player I'm playing. Like, I can't. Oh, I can't because of volume? Uh, yeah. And, and, and Jacksonville's and, reluctance. And Jacksonville stinks. So I think I can play Tyrell Williams, like, it's either him or Bo Scarborough. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're not starting Bo Scarborough against Tampa Bay, that right? Then you're going for twenty. No, you for want 50 the ceiling yards. of Tyrell. Like he's not going to get a, a lot of looks, and Derek Carr's not going to want to push the ball deep. But if he does once or twice, you could get lucky. Yeah, Dee Westbrook is in my lineup. I have to choose between Dee Westbrook and Curtis Samuel. Oh, but Dee Westbrook is at Oakland. And I mean, to quote Matt last week, stop trying to make D.D. Westbrook a thing. He ain't a thing. And I don't then disagree. DJ Chark gets hurt. But right. DJ Chark is hurt. So I feel like I can flex him. But watch Keelan Cole go off on this in this game. Right. Like that isn't like if you're in a tournament play DFS, like go ahead. Keelan Cole is probably the minimum price. I would venture to guess. What does he call it? Like three passes all year. This, it's going to be a Keelan Cole game. This is it. Curtis Samuel. I mean, you know the deal sadness the matchup against seattle's not no not hateful no it's not bad but i am worried about kyle allen like that <laughs> yeah. makes the situation yeah i uh i tweeted this yesterday as i scroll to find it real quick in terms of wide receivers that have seen 70 plus targets on the year the five with the highest uncatchable target rate robbie anderson auden tate Curtis Samuel, Devontae Parker, and one Odell Beckham. Mm. This is targets that were deemed uncatchable by Sports Info Solutions. A couple of things there. Not surprising that Curtis Samuel has... I mean, you could you if you watch the Panthers on Coach's film, you see what's up with Curtis Samuel, and that's that. Odell Beckham, obviously not surprising. That connection's been terrible. Uh, but Devontae Parker, just like that stat to me, a lot of people pointed this out when I posted it, like just shows you how impressive he's been because... He's been getting a lot of uncatchable targets, but he's still producing a lot. Let's go through one game, every game, one thought. I want to start with New England at Cincinnati. We already talked about Mixon in Cincinnati and Auden Tate's absence. But from the New England side of things, Sony Michelle <laughs> has tilted folks a whole bunch. I could have put him in my worst players I'm considering starting thing, too. Matchup is delicious. Volume has not been there. Nope. Brandon Bolden is part of this equation. That's gross. <sighs> gross. Puke. So I think, I, I mean, again, I have him probably in that, like, running back 25 range. Yeah. I think you're playing him this week. Like, if you're, what are you going to do? Like, this is a running back against the Bengals. Like, this should theoretically be the spot. Plus, you know, the Patriots are going to stomp the Bengals because they got all their sideline signals. So that... I, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's that's one thought and I loved it. Um Houston at Tennessee. This has big 
division Huge. implications, playoff implications in this one. Where do you rank Ryan Tannehill this week? I've seen people have him at QB5. I think he's like QB8, 9. Yeah. Around there for me. I mean, he's been amazing. Do you trust A.J. Brown? I love A.J. Yeah, Brown this week. 20 yards per catch on the year. Love him. Over 130 plus yards in two of the last three games. He's also a fantastic buy in DFS at 15 $50. bucks. His goddamn price went down from last yeah. week. Down. Laz, come back to us. Bro, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Broncos at Chiefs. Uh, we discussed this a little bit. I think, you know what? We talked about the Chiefs' defense. If we're talking DFS, because let's be honest, if you are listening and not in your semis, you're probably playing a little bit of DFS. $17 in Yahoo's game. Excellent price. Excellent price. Uh, I always try to go a little bit cheaper, but I could push up to seven. I I did pick them up on all of my waivers to play uh, against Drew Locke this week. Is there anyone else? Uh, Daryl Williams. What are we doing with this backfield? Damien Williams. Is he alive? He is alive. He's got a rib issue. He is practicing. Am I allowed to just say pass? If you want. I just don't think there's anything. Um, I, just, I hope you are not in a position where you have to mess around with this. If Damien Williams plays, then I think he's the favorite. Um, but hopefully you don't have to do, deal with this. Tampa Bay at Detroit. We already discussed this. I think we spent plenty of time. Let's skip it. Skip. Go down to the Dolphins at the Giants. Lots of fantasy points available in this one. Eli Manning is back again. Oh, my God. It's Eli Manning and Ryan Fitzpatrick. G- gorgeous. Dad bull. This was the thing up on the top when we talked about them eulogizing him every play. Like, he, we, he's going to play the rest of the season. <laughs> this was not like the last time we're going to see him. on prime time. Leave him alone. Uh, Get off of it. I can't. Uh, so, Miami, Devontae Parker, we haven't mentioned, um, was banged up last week. It's not clear as of recording right now whether or not he's going to play. If he doesn't, everyone was talking up Alan Hearns. But Alan Hearns is hurt, too. So, that means it is Isaiah Ford time. And I ain't hating it. Nope. Uh, he is a top three success rate versus man coverage score in terms of wide receivers charted for reception loved him perception. Coming out of college. Yep. Uh, in terms of college prospects, top three. All right. So I would say if you can stash, go stash forward in case Parker and Hearns do not make it to the field because obviously the matchup against the Giants is exceptionally prime. Darius Slayton coming off of another two touchdown effort. We like him in Miami again. I'd get Slayton into your lineups for sure. All right. Philadelphia at Washington. Again, let's please stop discussing the NFC East. We spent enough time on it. Seattle at Carolina, you mentioned Curtis Samuel's stats. Uh, I think Russ is in a big spot, obviously, here. Don't at me about Jacob Hollister, though, because if the Panthers have showed you anything, it's that Luke Keekley is still a stud, and they're giving up, like, very few points to the tight end position. Yeah, that's why part of the reason, I think, why they gave Shaq Thompson a big contract extension as well. I think that if, like I said, if Greg Olson's out, Ian Thomas is a great play. If Greg Olson plays, Greg Olson's a great play because the Seahawks have been almost just as bad at covering the tight end as their division rival, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. In fact, the second most fantasy points to the position just behind Arizona. So also, too, in this game, I think one thing to watch is, of course, Tyler Lockett. I think Pete Carroll, our boy Pete, has said that he's now he's healthy. He's fully ready to go. <laughs> Notorious truth teller Pete Carroll uh, telling us that. He's in a good matchup this week. I think he could get you 70 yards and a score, but that's probably it because you're hoping for that that's score. Be- I'm, I'd love that. Yeah, 70 no. 70 yards and a score? The, uh, yeah, right. I mean, if you With all if, of these injuries at wide receiver, that's going to be like you're wide receiver four it. on the week. If you're willing to trust it, I think that you can play Tyler Lockett, but you just have to understand, I think, too, that with how bad 
Panthers are as a rush defense, I think they are going to be more than willing to give the ball to Chris Carson 35 times in this game. 100%. He's in every, he should be in every DFS lineup. Uh, I have Chris Carson going in one of my semis, and I think I am relying on him to make up the production of uh, other places that are not so hot. Can't wait for it to be CJ Procise time. Just Let's kidding. talk about the Bears at the Packers. This is a rematch from the season opener. Both teams quite different than they were in that at least Tariq Cohen, I, I say at least from a fantasy standpoint, not an in real life standpoint, is not playing in this one. David Montgomery, therefore you're contending with, oh my gosh, should I, shouldn't I? You should. He's RB20 range. Give me that middling um, running back too. We know that you can run against Green Bay. Mitch Trubisky has been rather efficient over his past few weeks. He's had extra time to get ready. And also, Bears and the Packers always play each other pretty tough. This is a division matchup. This isn't a cupcake matchup. I don't know why, but at Lambeau, the Bears do. They don't win, but they don't get blown out. Aaron Rodgers has a 17 to 5 win one loss ratio against the Bears in his career. So <laughs> they don't win. Um, Mitch Trubisky has been awesome the last. To statistically awesome in his last couple of games, 75% completion rate, 116 passer rating, 8.4 yards per attempt. I mean, those are great numbers, but that is a product, I think, of playing the Lions and the Cowboys, who are extra generous over the middle of the field uh, in terms of what they'll allow, and especially the short areas, too. Uh, Which is why I like Anthony Miller, especially if Taylor Gabriel doesn't play again. Finally caught a touchdown last week, but he was seeing more and more volume. Maybe he's healthier. And also, again, no Taylor Gabriel means more opportunities. Well, I think especially if Allen Robinson is on uh, – uh, excuse me, I'm the wrong game. Um, yeah, Allen Robinson. Robert Woods? No, I'm thinking all kinds of shit here. Oh. Uh, but I think uh, in general, if Allen Robinson's uh, facing some tougher coverage outside. But then again, the, the, the Packers – I have him as my bust this week. Really? The, the Packers get pummeled by outside wide receivers. Number two in yards per game allowed receivers out wide at 97 per game. Mm. Jair Alexander's pretty good. Pretty good. I think he's pretty good at, like, taking the ball away. But he can get beat every now and again. But it's 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 not the worst pick in the world because uh, there's like there's plenty of other options that Trubisky can go to, and it's still Mitch Trubisky. And by the way, like I'm saying all this, I don't think he's going to have a good game in this in this spot because the Packers can pressure the quarterback. Um, they also that's why I don't like Robinson. They're yeah, great point. They can pressure the quarterback, and also I think what the Packers can do is like they can move pieces around. They're not so stoic on defense. They can be a little bit malleable, and because of that. Uh, I think that confuses Trubisky, and I think he ends up flopping here. Minnesota at the Chargers. You like Mike Williams a lot this week. I do like Mike Williams a lot. Uh, Take an opportunity. Here is the deal with young Mike Williams. He found the end zone for the first time last week. Gorgeous, right? I mean, it only it only took 100 years. And 100 targets. <laughs> Not quite that much, but pretty damn close. I think that the thing that I'm excited about with him is, number one, yeah, obviously he's still due for more positive regression in terms of uh, the touchdown scoring department. He's still been getting a ton of air yards. Um, I think he's top 15 in the NFL in terms of air yards this year. Uh, but also, like, the Vikings secondary is not good. They have fallen apart as the year has gone on, especially Xavier Rhodes uh, has definitely fallen off a cliff. Vikings give up the seventh highest yards per attempt figure since week eight. They rank 24th in sack rate. I think more time in the pocket and obviously some leaky coverage down the field. That's good news for a player of Williams' skill set. I have been telling people to if they can accept volatility into their lineup to try to play Williams. 
I would also say uh, it should be noted rather that Adam Thielen is the healthiest he's been in a while. I think he sees the. I, I think he plays this week. I still less than full speed is what the reports are, but I could see him. It's just weird because they've been so so cautious with him. I would wonder if they want to get him fully healthy, but I agree with you. I wouldn't surprise if he plays. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays here. And that would do what to Diggs? I still really like Diggs because he's been great. I'm the... just outside of my top ten. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, but I think he can get you ninety yards. He's been a great big play threat all year. Stop with Kyle Rudolph, though. Yes, yeah, Thielen's uh, back. If Thielen's back, Jacksonville at. Oakland, um, Jacksonville's completely fallen apart. I talked about D.D. Westbrook already and how I like that matchup for him, even if I don't like the player. But with D.J. Chark missing, that makes sense. From the Oakland side of things, my gosh, let's talk about Josh Jacobs because this is probably, I would say, the number one most tilting thing for anyone alive in Week 15 from a fantasy perspective right now. I don't have Josh Jacobs on any of my playoff contenders. However, I did pick up DeAndre Washington and managed to successfully acquire him everywhere. And so was very much hoping. Also in DFS, I think DeAndre Washington is $16. Yep. Um, so it would be such a boon to those of us He'd who be, were uh, waiver wire, like hungry yep. to get Washington. And I also think it's going to be a bummer because if Gruden lets Josh Jacobs play through that shoulder injury, we know he's not going to see any damn targets. We know he's probably not going to get a full complement of snaps. And so this is just going to be blech for both players. Gorgeous matchup, though, in terms of yards per carry allowed with the Jags. Sure. I, I'm, I, I would not. I'm playing wanna... Josh Jacobs. If I if I if he's going to go, then I can't not play nope, him because agree. of the matchup. But it'd be severely downgrading the expectations. Yeah. I mean, he might even. Oh, where would I put him? Maybe like. RB27? Is that low? Pretty 24? low. I don't know. Yeah, he'd, be, he'd be in the Sony Michelle. Uh, yeah, but I'm not putting access. him above like David Montgomery. No. And he's like RB20. Yeah. It sucks. So. Come on, Josh. Come on, give him a break, Gruden. Yeah. Just let him be. Give him a week off. Another one, I mean. <laughs> um, Browns at. Cardinals. I feel like we talked about the Browns side, we but sure did. Uh, how are you feeling about the Cardinals backfield? You don't care? I don't care. I don't All have right. Kenyon Drake hey, anywhere. Liz, if you don't care, keep it moving. All right. Well, what, do you have any hot nope. Cardinals nope. backfield takes? Like nope. you're playing Kenyon Drake if you have him, and he's again, again in the same gross, like low end RB2, high end flex sort of territory. I will say, I found the whole like fantasy um, communities distaste for this backfield and some of the overzealous anger at the Cardinals to be a little distasteful. Um, There's anger at the Cardinals specifically because... Uh, because they sent out that tweet about Kenyon Drake and, I mean, uh, Chase Edmonds back when that whole Giants game happened and David Johnson disappears. I will say I've been... I have had no negative feelings towards the team because of it, although I will say lost by a point to NFL.com's Graham Barfield last week because I played uh, Tariq Cohen over David Johnson who scored a touchdown randomly. Which is, So I was like, okay, well now now I'm a little annoyed. Now I'm a little upset. So uh, I will stand corrected. Kenyon Drake is the Yahoo consensus RB21 and apparently my RB21 too. <laughs> You're bullish! <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> right behind David Montgomery, but I don't like it. All right, let's go Rams at Cowboys. Matt, you have an astute point to make about the Rams. I would say, some would say, and I would be one of them, yes. that they've kind of figured it out offensively. It's almost like the engine of their offense is back to health. 
Yes, over the last four weeks, uh, Todd Gurley, I believe the aforementioned engine, uh, 95 total yards, averaging 20 touches per contest. Um, And I think the great part about that is we know that play action can be effective regardless of whether a team is running the ball well, but I think the Rams are good about mixing everything together and blending things uh, and using a little bit of that deception really well in terms of the looks they throw at you. And now that they've reimagined their running game under Todd Gurley, who's healthier and also running, I think running under a blocking scheme in terms of power man blocking that fits him better. Um, Goff has been incredibly effective over the last, just the last four weeks in general, but especially the last two on the bootleg play actions. He leads the NFL with 17 attempts on bootleg play action throws and has a 108 passer rating. So that has been a nice boon to his uh, attempts. Nice snug. Obviously, Dallas needs this win. Um, home road splits are a little bit staggering, particularly for Amari Cooper, even though you don't like that when people bring up that point. It is true. He is going to draw Jalen Ramsey on this one. Yeah. That's not great. I don't think that one's going to prove uh, the argument that he is much better at home because the matchup is no good. I actually have Michael Gallup and Flex in that Dynasty League that I've referenced as well. I- I'm going to leave him in there because we've talked about the-, the Troy Hill issue a couple of times, but what would you do with Amari Cooper? Because he could have been part of that earlier segment, like the best player that you're considering benching. Now, I don't know if anyone's going to bench him. My gosh, maybe in a 10-teamer. But you're certainly not going to get what you would want out of him. I think he can get you about 90 yards. Um, you do. Well, like, especially if he gets some routes where they move him inside or anything like that to get him off Ramsey. I think they, they can be they've been better about that in terms of using him like they don't just use him as the ISO X receiver, you know, one on one the top corner. Also, it's worth noting. And obviously, a lot of that is your boy, Troy Hill, who's played. He's made some plays of late, but yeah. like he can get burnt a little. Uh, the Rams since week 10 give up 97 yards per game to receivers lined up out wide. So they're not a horrible matchup. One more note on the Rams side of things, too. Obviously, we talked about the tight ends. Well, we talked about how much Jared Goff has improved in terms of statistically as a passing asset, but they're definitely not to the point where uh, there can all these guys are going to produce at once. I like Higby and I like Cup this week because if you watch that Thursday night game, Dallas really struggled to cover the middle of the field. That's been a trend of late since week eight. They allow a 101 passer rating on short throws under 15 yards. I think obviously Cup and Higby, and that's over the middle of the field. That is uh, where they're going to be eating. Let's talk about um, Falcons at 49ers. Lots of injuries for the 49ers defense here. I don't think, you know, the narrative, we talk about this a lot, that fantasy is a week-to-week proposition, and obviously the 49ers are on the season have been staunch, but they're not going to have Richard Sherman in this one. D Ford's not going to be there. Jerkiski, what's his name? Jerkiski. Jerkiski Tart is also banged up. There's a lot going on for the 49ers, which makes, I I think Julio Jones is going to be fine. I'm not worried about Julio Jones, especially since Calvin Ridley is out here and you've got Austin Hooper back. And so I I don't like Devonta Freeman very much, but, (laughs) but I do think that like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are, are absolutely startable and that this 49ers defense is not as fearsome as it maybe was two weeks ago. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, no team really has struggled with injuries more than the 49ers and then overcome them, so it's a testament to them. Um, how are you feeling about their offensive pieces against, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders? Like, good luck. If you survived benching him last week, I think you got to play him this week. Absolutely, and I also think that Debo Samuel is now has emerged and is firmly entrenched as the number 2 receiver opposite Sanders. I think that makes a lot of sense. 
Um, Dante Pettis is supposed to be back in this one, ah, but don't at me. He'll be out back for his 15 snaps. Exactly. And I like Jimmy G in this one, too. The backfield is a little bit, I don't know, troublesome in that Raheem Mostert has indeed, according to Kyle Shanahan, earned the lead back role. So great. Uh, Tevin Coleman is droppable. Don't at me about yeah. him. Maparita's has always been limited in terms of touches, but he's also in the mix. And you see Debo getting like, I don't know, two, three rushing opportunities a game, too. I think if you have uh, Colonel Mustard, I think you're starting him, though. He's RB2 territory for me. Buffalo at Pittsburgh. We talked about John Brown and how uh, the matchup is tough. We don't like that. Um, Devin Singletary, neither of us like. I know Matt uh, is going to highlight him during FFL, but this is a guy who is a total workhorse, could be a workhorse, except when it comes to the goal line. He's not getting touches within the five. That's when Frank Gore comes in. And also Josh Allen is getting uh, the goal line runs more than Devin Singletary. Yeah, and... You're going to hope that Josh Allen, if you're playing it, which I hope you don't have to, like unless you're in a 2QB type format, um, you could probably jo- drop Josh Allen because he plays Sealers this week and uh, Patriots next week. I don't think you're feeling comfortable playing him on either spot. You're going to um, hope for a rushing touchdown from him, though. Like exactly. Uh, Pittsburgh, though, Juju is yeah. maybe back, although he left practice early today. Uh, on Thursday. And James Conner is likely back. Yeah, so that changes things. And uh, Jalen Samuels is not. Good. He's out. So on my Snell nugs, though, my Snell nugs, because Benny Snell does not have much usage in the passing game. So you have to imagine that James Conner is going to come back to a full workload, which negates any using Snell at all in terms of fantasy. Yeah, that's over. Great. I don't, I mean, Buffalo, the the strength of Buffalo's defense is obviously their ability to shut down receivers in the pass. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I love, I love what Duck Hodges has brought to the team. Sure. Brought like a good energy to the Steelers, but um, I don't like... I don't want to rely on him in week 15. I don't want to rely on any of these Oh, no, I don't want to... Yeah, that's my point is here. Like, talk about don't care. I don't care about much in this game. In fact, if there was a matchup where I would fade all of... If I was told, what matchup do you want to fade all of the players, this might be it. I agree with that. Indianapolis at New Orleans. I'm pretty high on Marlon Mack. I'm higher than most on Marlon Mack, and here's why. Really? Yes. Marcus Davenport, he is out. Sheldon Rankin's for the Saints also out. That is a huge, huge yep. missing piece of that D-line. I think Marlon Mack, who shook off Russ, had 13 carries last week, so this isn't his first return from injury, has a big opportunity, especially given the continual injuries to the wide receiver core in Indianapolis. Marcus Lattimore is obviously going to try to shut down the outside, so I think there's a... And we have seen, at times, Mark uh, Marlon Mack get usage through the passing game, so I think there's an opportunity for him, and I think he's going to have a much better week than people are anticipating and i like the monday night aspect of things too i think that's fair and also i would just say we know Lattimore's on the outside uh it is interesting that zach pascal what with ty hilton being hurt and chester rogers also being hurt has played about 40 percent of his snaps Excellent inside point. of late so if you're worried about pascal like i told L- some, you mean in terms of Lattimore, like shutting him pascal. down or whatever no. i think that helps you a lot because like i told somebody someone asked me on instagram the other day like do I play Tyler Boyd or Zach Pascal? And I was like, I kind of think Boyd's in line for more targets, whatever. And then, like, really, when I found that nug out, I was like, I actually, I think you probably play Pascal. I would agree completely. Anything else to add? I mean, do you want to take this opportunity to throw out a, a Brashad Perryman nug? I know how much you like that player. <laughs> no. Especially with Mike Evans. Not playing. Uh, I think I'll take a pass. Bringing it all full circle. We'll be back on Sunday night for our week oh, 15 May yeah. recap. Follow all us on circle. Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz wow. underscore FF. Like that is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Happy number three, Lenny B. We out.